0: Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors, and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. There are people in my life that had a profound impact on who I am today and who I'm becoming. One of those people is Aldina. She was the pastor's wife when I first started as the youth pastor here at Active Church. And Aldina was, was precious. She was one of the best people I've ever met. She was, she was kind. She was patient. But she was also very courageous. And is, as you are going to learn, she was very confrontational. She wanted you to be better, and she did everything that she could to help you to become better. She had a way of pushing me when I wanted to just be lazy. She had a way of pulling me when I wanted to give up. Aldina was precious in my life and was precious for my life, and she helped me to tell a better story. That's her legacy. She loved people so well that when you watched her love people, you wanted to love people like Aldina. And that's what she left in us and for us. She wanted us to know that we are loved by God and that we can love others the way that God has loved us. That that was Aldina's legacy. And I want to talk about legacy today. And specifically, I want to talk about your legacy. Have you ever thought about what your legacy actually is? Like what are you leaving in people? And what are you leaving for people? Th- those that are around you, who are they becoming? Because of the person and work of Jesus in you. What do they hear from you? How do they feel around you? And those people that you love, what are you leaving them with? Like what opportunities are you creating for them? What causes are stirred up in their hearts that are for the kingdom of God, that are motivated and inspired by who you are and what you've done? What is your legacy? Now, that word can have some ambiguity around it, right? Like the definition of it can be a bit ambiguous for a lot of us. So let me give a definition that we all can settle on and run with today. Leaving a legacy is choosing to provide those you love with a cause to belong to, and inviting them to find ways to advance that cause. And that definition is influenced by Jesus because he did that for you and for me and for us in this world. He left a legacy in us He called us the sons and daughters, the children of God. It was John in his second letter. He writes about what he received from Jesus, the legacy that was left in him. And he reminds you and I of that legacy in 1 John 3, verse 1. He says this, see what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And not only did Jesus leave a legacy in us, He left a legacy for us. When He resurrected from the grave, He was on earth for another. Maybe 50 to 100 days. And he interacted with his disciples. And the last thing that he said was recorded by Matthew. And he said these words In light of everything that I've taught you, and in light of everything that you've seen and heard and experienced, he said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I have commanded you, teaching them to obey everything that I've invited you into and commanded you to do. The point that Jesus is making here is that what I've given you, I wanna invite you to give to others. Jesus left a legacy in us and he left a legacy for us. And then Jesus actually invites us to do the same for the people around us. And it's at the end of the Beatitudes, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's letter, that Jesus actually concludes this part of this teaching, this sermon, with two keys for you and I to leave a legacy in those and with those that we love. And I want to show those to you today. I want to talk them through. And then when we finish our time together, I want you to consider two really important questions that you can ask of yourself and maybe even potentially ask those around you. And so if you have a Bible with you or if you have the Bible app on your phone, I wanna invite you to turn to Matthew chapter five and we're gonna be in verse 13. And Matthew is one of the followers of Jesus who writes down all that he heard and saw and experienced. And these words that he writes down are powerful. They are the keys to leaving a legacy. Here's what Jesus said. You, speaking to those that were listening in this first audience and speaking to you and to me, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on under foot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So after sharing about what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God, what the values of the kingdom of God are, what the posture of the hearts of the people of God will be, Jesus gives us this great call and he reminds us that everything that I have taught you cannot stay within you. That's why he begins with two really important words in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are. Not you can be or you should be. He says, this is who you are. This is isn't something outside of you. This isn't something beyond you. This is God's work being accomplished in you and through you. What Jesus wants us to know and the reason why Matthew wrote this down is because you are who Jesus says that you are. He wants to start there and that's where Jesus wants us to land and stand and be confident That you are who he says that you are and what he has accomplished in you. That is who you are. Even if your past tries to show up or your shame tries to get the best of you. Jesus says this is who you are. Because of Jesus, you have everything you need for life and to live a godly life. Because of Jesus, you can leave a legacy that goes beyond this life. Because of Jesus, you are salt and light. And it's those two words that are the keys to leaving a legacy in those we love and for those. We love. So let's talk through each of those words. I wanna tease them out and get very practical so that we can actually step into this today because this isn't just about us hearing this. This is about us living this. So let's start with salt. I know many of you probably love salt. You love salting your food. You love what it does to your food. If you're a chef or a cook, you love how it makes your food pop, right? Like that is not my gift. I just appreciate your gift and I'm glad that it fills my belly. But salt was so essential in the time of Jesus because they didn't have refrigerators like you and I do. And so when they gathered meat, they would have to put it in a salt container so that it wouldn't go bad because salt is a preservative that would keep it from rotting. Now, a preservative is this. A preservative is a substance added to food to prevent decomposition due to chemical change or bacterial action. Now, I know you're impressed that I know that. You thought when you showed up today to watch this or listen to this, you weren't going to learn anything. Guess what? You learned about preservatives today. You're welcome. They don't teach you that at Bible college, but that's something that I've learned. But the reason why Jesus brings this up is because without preservatives, things rot, things go bad, things stink. And then Jesus says, and this is who you are. You are the salt of the earth. When you are a follower of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth. You are the preservative of the entire earth. This is who you are, this is how you live. And if you don't live this way, then the earth rots and the culture stinks and things are terrible. And this statement was so appropriate for the time and the people of Jesus because Rome was in charge. And their conviction was that might makes right, which means that you didn't have any rights if you didn't have any might. And the people who actually were on the receiving end of destruction and hurt and pain and suffering were women and children because they didn't have might, so they didn't have any rights. And in that time, mercy and compassion were not valued. And I know that when we talk about these things some 2,000 years later, it feels so foreign, doesn't it? Like, why wouldn't they? Uphold women and children, and why wouldn't they look at mercy and compassion as so valuable? Why was their perspective so different? And the reason why we hold that is because we assume, what we assume is common human decency in our world was not assumed in their world. Because you and I, whether we're Christians or we're not, whether we're following Jesus or we're not, you and I have been influenced by the person and the work of Jesus, Because what he taught about common human decency is how you live in the kingdom of God. You and I, being in America, are influenced by that. In fact, much of what we practice in our Western world was shaped by the Eastern movement of Christianity, by the way of Jesus. Man, when these men and women saw something broken, they worked to bring healing. When they saw women treated as products, the followers of Jesus would treat them as priceless. When they saw children used for free labor, the followers of Jesus would hold them close and call them precious. And when they saw humans having human slaves, the followers of Jesus would work to set those people free. They would even purchase them and then set them free and call them family. And their beliefs were were shaped by this one conviction that there is one God and no other gods. There is one God. And his name is Jesus. And they believed that they would be held account, held accountable to this God by the way that they treated people and the way that they loved people and spoke to people because how this God treated them, they were convinced that that's how they should treat the people around them. They were taught that many of the people that they interacted with were created in the image of God. That God called them precious. God called them his. God called them children. In fact, it's why you read through the New Testament and you see a lot of mantras and inspirational statements from the writers who were alive during that time, reminding people of this. Like in Colossians chapter 3 verse 17, Paul writes to the people of Colossae, the Christians in Colossae, these words. He says, whatever you do, Whether it's in word or whether it's in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and give thanks to God the Father through him because you are able to do what you're doing because God has been so good to you and now you get to be good to those around you. And he is the one true God and you are held accountable to him. And He invites you to prioritize mercy and compassion and grace and peace. Like this charge of being the salt of the earth from Jesus is Motivating and inspiring. Here's what he's saying, that you and I have the power to renew and restore life to people in this world. Like we get to see them as children of God. That is our world view. We don't look at people and see them as an enemy, see them as dirty and rotten and broken and hopeless and helpless. We get to see them and we get to experience them as children of God and if they don't know that, instead of getting mad at them or getting mad at the world and saying the world is going to hell in a handbasket, the first Christians would actually say, hey, we got some work to do. We got some work to do because we are the salt of the earth. And the way that you see the world, it matters, friends. And the world needs the God who taught you to see the world the way that you do. It's why Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. This is the legacy you leave in people. You treat them with dignity and with value. This is why authenticity and genuineness is so important when you follow Jesus. Because if you are pretending, people are going to sniff that out. If you lack integrity, if you're hypocritical, people are going to discover that. Jesus has set you free from living that way and has given you the ability to be completely authentic you. You're the salt of the earth. And what he's done in you, you give to others. This this is what we do for each other. Like when we, as followers of Jesus, come across people who acknowledge Jesus or not, you know what we say to them when we treat them as the salt of the earth? We are the salt of the earth. We treat them as created in the image of God. We say to them, I know who you are. When they're broken and they're living in a way that actually causes more pain, we look at them and we say, I know who you are. When they're struggling with addiction and they're suffering, we look at them and we say, I know who you are. You are a child of God, created in the image of God, formed uniquely in your mother's womb. This is how we see one another. My kids, make it really easy for me to be the pastor at Active because they're fantastic. They have their moments, they have their mess ups, but I love them and I'm grateful for them. And I love that they love Jesus and I love that they love you and love our church. But there have been moments when they haven't been active and they've been just around town or at their jobs or at their schools, they've ran into people who they know that they are my kids. They know they're Pastor Mike's kids. And so there's been some people that have come along and said, hey, I know who you are. You're Pastor Mike's kid, right? And sometimes they enjoy that, but other times they don't. In fact, my oldest daughter, when she was working, had somebody come and say, aren't you Pastor Mike's daughter? And she said, nope, and she moved on. (laughs) That people know who they are whether they like it or not or agree to it or not. And that's what we do as followers of Jesus for the people around us. We see them and whether they're living in a life that honors God or living in a life that doesn't, we look at them and we say, I know who you are because we are the salt of the earth. That's the legacy we leave in each other. But Jesus isn't done. Then he talks about light. He says that you and I are the light of the world and that's the legacy we leave for each other. We create a cause or an opportunity for people to grab onto to further and to build and to make people aware of. But here's what I've learned about Christians is I've been a Christian for a while. Is that a lot of Christians are like, listen, I don't want to be a light. I just want to be a Christian. And I just want to go to church when it's convenient. And I just want all my family to pray a prayer. And then when they die, go to heaven. That's what I want. And Jesus, I think, would say to us in those moments, I don't know who taught you that. I don't know where that came from. But that's not the way of the kingdom of God. That's not the way of Jesus. Friends, you and I have benefited from the first disciples taking this command, this invitation, this call of Jesus to be salt and light. You and I have benefited from them taking this command very seriously. I mean, we're having church today. We're broadcasting it online and through our podcast today because they took it serious, because of everything that they did to get the message of Jesus to you and to me. That's the legacy that they have left for us, and they have invited us to continue to build on that legacy. Jesus, back in Matthew chapter, chapter 5, verse 14, he says, listen, a city on a hill, built on a hill, cannot be hidden. You're, you're the light of the world. You're like a city on the hill in Israel near Jerusalem. There's a lot of flat land and then there's a lot of mountains. The city of Jerusalem is actually more more on a mountain than the rest of Israel. And so no matter where you are, you could see Jerusalem. And then to make that even more significant, the temple was built in Jerusalem and it had a dome that was golden. And so when the sun hit it, it would shine like a light. So no matter where you were in Israel, you could tell where the temple was. It was almost like they were being strategic. They strategically placed the temple in a spot where you could see it to remind you of the God who loves you and is for you and the God that you're giving your life to. When Jesus calls us the light of the world or when Jesus calls us a city on a hill, he's saying this, you're like a strategically placed city. Now maybe you think, no, I'm not. I'm not strategically placed. I was transferred here. I'm not strategically placed, I'm a misfit here. I'm not strategically placed, I'm looking to get out of here. But Jesus says, as a follower of him, as the light of the world, you are exactly where he wants you in the moment where he wants you. And he wants you to be the light of the world in that moment. To stir up inspiration, to stir up inside the hearts of men and women, the kingdom of God, to invite them into a better story. This is what a light does. Jesus says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, again, because I've been a Christian for a while, I've heard the next few statements of Jesus, I've heard them be shaped in a way that fits our narrative instead of fitting his narrative. When we talk about being the light of the world, often, here's what we assume Jesus is saying. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your church attendance and say, dang, he's a good Christian. Right? That's at least what we assume Jesus is meaning here. Or maybe we assume that Jesus is saying that they may see your social media posts and say, wow, they're right and I'm wrong and I should change. At least that's what we assume being the light of the world means, right? Or maybe we assume that Jesus is saying that they may see your dislike for them and feel your judgment of them and say, whoa, that causes me to want to follow Jesus. When Jesus calls us the light of the world, I don't think he's intending for us to even go there with these thoughts. Because Jesus gives us great clarity in verse 16. He says that they may see your good deeds and listen, listen, glorify your father in heaven. That they may see your good deeds and glorify God. That they would see how you live and they would see how you speak and they would see how you give and they would see how you serve and they would see the posture you hold in moments of tension and chaos and they would go, who lives like that? And when we talk about who, it might be those around you, it might be your neighbors, it might be your family, it might even be your kids. That they've been watching how You give, they've been watching how you love. They've been watching what you extend to those around you. They're like, who lives like that? Who's that merciful and that kind? And who gives second chances like that? Friends, being the light of the world is living a life that's so extraordinary that people begin to connect the dots between your life and your heavenly father. Listen, I don't believe in God, but maybe, maybe if God was like them, I'd consider him. And some of you were great at this. Like some of you at Active are really great at this. Like you never sit alone when you show up to campus and we would love for you, if you're watching or listening, we would love for you to show up to campus. We would love to see your beautiful face, 9 and 1045 on a Sunday. We would love for you to be here. You're more important than the room, but it's so nice to have you. It's so nice to be with you. And some of you are great at coming in and never sitting alone. You're great at inviting somebody to come and sit with you. You're constantly loving. You're serving. You actually actually confront people after you've built trust and relationship with Great, loving truth. Like some of you are great at this in really tangible ways. And then some of us struggle. Some of us just want to go to heaven when we die. But Jesus would say to us that there's more to this life than escaping this life, right? You and I are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and the first Christians, they didn't negotiate this. Here's, here's something that's so ridiculous in that time that seems so foreign to us, yet we We've experienced it in our world that there were moms and dads that would actually toss their baby aside because of a birth defect or because of gender or because they didn't want it. And they would actually toss their baby after it was born into the Valley of Gehenna, which literally translates the Valley of Hell. And the Christians would be there to scoop these babies up and to rescue and save them and raise them as their own because they're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. When plagues broke out and people got sick, and boy, do we know about that, right? The Christians decided that they were going to care for those that were sick in every way possible because they're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And the way that they lived was they weren't afraid. I'm sure they had moments of anxiety and fear, but they just didn't live with that leading them. And it caught the attention of the pagans and the Romans and the Greeks to at least consider this God that they follow. This Jesus that they talk about. It wasn't the good preaching. I and mean, it wasn't the good worship. The good music or the good experience. All of those things are good. But that's not what drew people in. What drew people in was the way that the Christians, the followers of Jesus were living. It was inspiring. This is what Jesus says. What it means to leave a legacy in someone and for someone. You're The salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Like maybe what Jesus is saying here is be intentional enough that people pay attention to what you're doing because it's different than what they're doing. Friends, this is why marriage is so precious in a world where a lot of us are coupling. It's why Jesus invites us into marriage because it's a reflection of our relationship with him, not a judgment of people who aren't doing that. It's an invitation into a better story. Maybe Jesus is saying, be bold enough to speak up with kindness because, you're, because the one you're speaking to needs to know that they matter. Often when we disagree with people, we call them stupid, idiot. We call them all sorts of names that isn't a reflection of who they are, or who we are, or who God is. Maybe Jesus is saying, be courageous enough to have everyone sit around your table because everyone would be able to sit with Jesus. And here's... Here's why this is so important. You ready for this? You're not here and I'm not here without somebody being salt and light in our lives. You're not here and I'm not here without somebody taking this very seriously. Like You're a follower of Jesus because somebody was salt and light. Maybe somebody close to you, somebody that was intimate with you, somebody that was in friendship with you or relationship with you. Or maybe somebody that stood on a stage or led music or maybe somebody that lived next to you. But you're not here without somebody being salt and light, my friend. And I'm not here without somebody being salt and light in my life. And as receivers of that, we can see the hand of God, right? We can see what God has done through them, but I guarantee you that if we interviewed those people who were salt and light, I think that they would respond in those moments going, I didn't wake up going, I'm going to be this. I think they woke up in the morning going, I'm just going to live the way that Jesus has invited me to live. I don't think they woke up going, I'm going to be salt and light so that somebody would know. I think they woke up going, I just love Jesus and I love people and I want them to know about what Jesus has done for me. That's, that's how you leave a legacy in someone and for someone. You're salt And your light, friends, salt always preserves. And light always shows the way. Salt is always working when you don't see it working. Light is always shining, even if it feels a bit dark. And when everybody lives this way, as followers of Jesus, it has an impact in our world. And friends, you have no idea who will see what you've done or hear what you've said and how it will change their life. There's a student that went through the youth group here at Active when I was in charge of it that has no idea why I was so gracious and kind and compassionate towards them. And it wasn't because I was this incredible Christian. It was because Aldina asked me to show grace and be kind and be merciful to them. I remember the moment she walked into my office remember I told you that she was kind and compassionate but she's also courageous and confrontational (laughs) she walked into my office she closed the door and then she locked it and I was afraid for my life sweet kind Aldina I was afraid and she sat down and I knew she was serious she goes Michael and not too many people get to call me Michael she said Michael I need your help And she told me about a family that was dealing with a lot of brokenness. Addiction was prevalent and hope was absent. And she said, Michael, I need your help. I need you to love this student in the best possible way. I need you to make sure this student is connected to the best possible people. And I'll never forget what she said at the end of that conversation. She said, Michael, what you do right now, it matters for right now and for the future. Because Aldina invited me to do this, I decided to live that way. And that's who she was in my life her words reminded me of something that we all need to hear you have no idea who's on the verge of a breakthrough in life and they need your story to get there they need you to be salt and light you have no idea of who is on the breakthrough around you in life and they need you to be salt and light in their life because salt always always preserves and light always shows the way That's how we leave a legacy in and for those we love. So a couple questions. The first is this. What legacy are you leaving in those you love? How do you speak to them? How do you motivate them? What sort of words cover over them? Now, this doesn't mean that you're not going to have moments where you mess things up and say something wrong and, have to apologize and by the way that's also being the salt of the earth and leaving a legacy in people that you acknowledge your mistakes so what's the legacy you're leaving for those that you love you're leaving in them i want to invite you to ask that question of yourself today and if you're so bold ask that question of those that you are actually leading and leaving a legacy in listen to them ask your kids ask your spouse Ask the one you're in a relationship with and then let them respond authentically and genuinely and don't disagree or argue. Listen. Second question. What legacy are you leaving for those that you love? Like are they stirred up to follow Jesus because they're watching you and they saw how generous you are. They saw how gracious you are. They saw you jump in. Like what legacy are you leaving for them? Like is there a cause in the kingdom of God that they're Excited about because of you? Is there an opportunity that they're going to step into because they see you doing that? And again, if you're so bold, ask them. And don't disagree, listen to them. And here's here's the kicker if you don't like what they say to you, then you have a decision to make. And the decision is to be salt and to be light. Friends, this is why it's so important to stir up in our hearts an awareness of what God is doing in us and around us. It's why we invite you to be a part of Rooted. That starts tomorrow night here on our Yukaipa campus at 6.30. I want to invite you to be a part of that. You can go to our website, activechurches.com, click the groups link, and you can sign up for Rooted today. It's why you want to leave a legacy of faith and why I would invite you to choose to go public in your faith and get baptized next Sunday at Easter at Active. You can sign up by just commenting below. And so I want to invite you to invite someone to come sit with you next Sunday for Easter. Our, our services are 8, 9.30, and 11. And I, I think it's so important for us to get our hearts ready. And so could I personally invite you to come and sit with me on Friday for Good Friday at 6.30 here at our Yukaipa location. We're going to spend a moment taking communion together, remembering and reflecting on the person and work of Jesus and pre- preparing ourselves for the victory that comes just two days later. Friends, you and I are salt and light, and we are leaving a legacy, and I want that legacy to be one that speaks the truth of Jesus in the hearts of those that I love and invites them to do the same for those around them. So be salt, because it always, it always preserves. And be light, because it always shows the way. Let me pray for you. And Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. And that his invitation wasn't just a message that we are to listen to and then move on from, but his invitation is a message that we are to convict our hearts of, that we are to give our hands to, and we are to step into because you are worth it, you are worthy, we worship you, and we wanna be a part of what you're doing. God, I wanna leave a legacy in and for those that I love that reflects the kingdom of God, and those watching and those listening, I'm convinced wanna do the same things. So I pray for the moms and dads, grandpa and grandma, aunts and uncles I pray for the brothers and the sisters I pray for the nieces and the nephews I pray for the employees and the employers I pray that we would be people that would leave a legacy that speaks about Jesus and leave a legacy that invites people to tell that story may we be salt and light in Jesus name and together we say amen and amen and amen We hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are local, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. in Yucaipa. See you next time.